You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic. We are just at a place in time 
in history where we can actually talk about these things out loud and come together in one collective voice that says no more, no more. But I am fascinated by what toxic masculinity is because I have started thinking about it a little bit differently. I've started seeing it in terms of patterns, maybe because we are talking about it much more much more openly, but I'm starting to see it in terms of patterns that really look potentially to me like a mental illness, which is both fascinating and challenging to me. I mean, it's challenging to me because even when I hear myself say it, toxic masculinity might be a mental illness, I feel the twinges of something that sounds like maybe I'm excusing the behavior of abusers. And I, I'm not intending to do that in any way. But what I know for sure is that if we don't start healing our men, we're never going to break this cycle. And what are we healing them from? I mean, what if we are villainizing an entire population of people who need help and healing? And what if it was treatable with therapy and, medi- and medication? behavioral modification type work that we do with other people, other groups of people who deal with mental illnesses. And what if this particular mental illness was something that runs in a subset of a population that makes certain populations of people, i.e. maybe white males, more vulnerable to this particular mental illness? We might call it something like... Aggressive narcissistic personality disorder with a hyperdominance motivation. It's a mouthful, huh? But I'm rapidly developing the theory that toxic masculinity is something that looks like that. Aggressive narcissistic personality disorder with a hyperdominance motivation. Let me read you a little bit about what that might look like. Aggressive narcissistic personality disorder is a mental disorder in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance a deep need for admiration, and a lack of empathy for others. When power is threatened, anger is a likely emotional outcome, and even a likelier when dominance motivation is higher. They actively seek the superior or dominant position in any relationship or encounter. There's a saying in the real estate business that there are three things that matter, location, location, location. With aggressive personalities, there are three things that really matter, regardless of the situation they're in. Position, position, and of course, position. They abhor submission to any entity that they might view or conceptualize as a higher power or authority. However, they're comfortable in power structures that support their views and beliefs. They are fundamentally at war with anything that stands in their way or their unrestrained pursuit of desires. That often means that rules, dictates, and expectations of society aren't important to them. Some will accede or give assent to the demands placed on them when it is is expedient to do so, but in their heart of hearts, they never truly subordinate their wills. They are ruthlessly self-advancing, generally at the expense of others. They are actively and deliberately seek to exploit and victimize others when to do so will further their own ends, whereas a narcissist simply doesn't consider the rights or needs of other, the aggressive narcissistic character tramples the rights and needs of others to satisfy their own desires. They have a pathological disdain for truth, 
aggressive narcissistic, narcissistic characters don't just disregard the truth. They are actively at war with it. Truth is the great equalizer, and the aggressive personality always wants to maintain a position of advantage. So they deliberately play very loose with the truth. And when they're not flat-out lying or trying to con or dupe you, they work their way around the edges of the truth in a way that still propagates and maintains confusion. They don't want you to have their number. They don't want you to know what's up. That upsets the balance of power. They lack internal breaks. They don't arrest themselves when they're on missions. Like rolling train with no means to stop, they exercise little control over their impulses. That's what I would classify as aggressive narcissistic personality disorder with a high hyperdominance motivation. That is the kind of language that we hear when we're talking about somebody who has a mental illness. And if that sounds like toxic masculinity to you, and you can go back and read the blog post because it's listed in this episode description, we've got some serious rethinking to do about how we see toxic men. Maybe women aren't the only ones who need liberating. Maybe women aren't the only ones who need healing. And I know that's hard to hear because, again, we have some really good reasons as women to be standing in the and there's a lot of righteous anger. But we are never going to end the patriarchy until we heal our win, our men. I'm not attempting to make it that with women being lost in our own pain might be blinding us from seeing that we aren't the only ones who need healing here. Patriarchy is sick. A lot of men are sick. A lot of men obviously need help and that help might have to start with women. I want to be remembered as a woman in a period in history where women collectively said, no more, never again, not to me or any other woman. And I think that we are the generation of women who have the strength and the voice with a platform to do just that, to call it out when we see it, to make abusing or controlling or harassing so uncomfortable that it's something that you think twice, three times, four times, five times about doing if you're a man. However, there's no liberation until everyone is whole. And many of our men are neither whole nor well. And selective compassion is not going to heal us. If we look at toxic masculinity as a mental illness, I think we would be doing things slightly or massively differently. So something to think about. And it is a different way of thinking this problem through because we have to rethink the way we're blaming toxic masculinity and instead shift it to considering healing toxic masculinity. What we're doing is not working. So it might be time to try doing something else. If you want to chat with me about this, you can reach me at Lisa M. Hayes.com. That's Lisa Marie, LisaMHayes.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on this subject. And if you need support with anything, just look me up and shoot me an email. There is no choice in life that will have more impact on your happiness than who you choose to share it with. Everyone wants to find that one big love. However, most people are looking for that love kind of like they would play the lottery. Finding great love is not a game of chance. 
Score Your Soulmate by Lisa M. Hayes is a by-the-numbers guide to finding the love of your life and creating a life you love. Score Your Soulmate is a step-by-step soulmate-finding formula that anyone can follow. What you will get along the way is a swoon-worthy life you'll want to share with that perfect someone. You can find Score Your Soulmate on Amazon or your local bookstore. Get your copy and start your journey to happily ever after today. attraction we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you back here next week for more information you can find me at lisa m hayes.com